but I would say most of our patients are really struggling with hopelessness and despair. Fear is the faith of the enemy, and when we begin to make decisions based on fear instead of faith in God's Word and God's truth and derive the blessing from that, then it manifests itself in our lives in negative ways. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we have a very interesting topic. Uh, Honey Lake Clinic is the only licensed residential Christian behavioral treatment center in the world. And we have Dr. David Hoskins with us, who's going to share more about their work up there in North Florida, not too far from us here in the Orlando area. So we welcome you, Dr. Hoskins. Thanks for having us, Chris. We appreciate the invitation. And I understand they call you Dr. Dave around the clinic. Is that right? Yeah, that Dr. Dave is what I usually go by. Okay, very good. Well, on a um, good day, I've been I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> I I imagine in your role you might have been. <laughs> yeah. So I see that you are the country's only residential Christian mental health program with certain distinctives. And what are those distinctives? Well, you know, uh, Chris, Honey Lake was a, was a dream, a vision of uh, Christian businessmen, pastors, therapists, uh, that saw the incredible need within the uh, church uh, for dealing with, with mental health. You know, unfortunately, in the evangelical Christian world, since the inception, really, we've sort of seen the the brain is sort of a unique organ of the body that only responds to prayer. And, uh, you know, we obviously do believe in prayer, we believe in spiritual warfare, but the brain it is, in fact, an organ of the body like any other organ of the body, just like the kidney and the, and the liver and the heart. It is, in fact, the most, uh, you know, complex organ of the body, and we'll probably never understand it in our lifetime. Uh, but we have learned more about the brain as an organ in the last six months than probably all human history put together. And so we believe that God owns all truth, uh, whether it's good medication or whether it's the truth of his word, um, that the brain does respond to prayer, but just like cancer and just like other diseases uh, that we, uh, unfortunately, by living in a fallen world, a sinful world, uh, we are, um, you know, eternal, spiritual uh, souls and spirits, but we are housed in a mortal body that unfortunately has manifestation of sin in our lives. And so that does have its effect on, on the brain. We live in a very fast culture. We live in an addicted culture. We live in a dysfunctional culture. And uh, that manifests itself in the brain um, in many different ways. So basically, Honey Lake Clinic, we were sort of on a tipping point where the church is really beginning to understand the need for treatment, holistic treatment, body, mind, and spirit. And so Honey Lake was birthed out of that need and out of that vision. Well, how exactly did Honey Lake come to be then, as far as the financing for your uh, your clinic? And uh, I understand that you're a non-denominational ministry slash business. Uh, were there churches that came together to support you? Well, we we uh, we are a five hundred one c three, and yes, we um, my uh, partner and ministry partner, Dr. Carl Benzio, who's uh, recognizes probably the number one Christian psychiatrist in the country. Uh, we had uh, developed other programs and other treatment centers, 
And uh, one day we got a call from Pastor Stovall Weems up in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, who I think he's started or founded almost uh, some 200 congregations worldwide. Hmm. Called us and said that he had had a piece of property that they had started as a retreat center and just didn't feel like it was fulfilling the real mission, which was to set people free. And so he asked if we might be interested in coming up and taking a look at it and uh, possibly pursuing something more. And so right away, we, we felt as soon as we came across the entryway to that beautiful 2,800 acres, uh, we felt something quicken in our spirit and felt that, you know, this is something the Lord has for us here. And so it was a partnership between Celebration Church and uh, the ministry that Dr. Benzie and I share, uh, Lighthouse Network. Lighthouse Network is a 24-7 Christian helpline uh, that we help people find uh, treatment for mental health or substance abuse all over the United States. We work with 300 different programs, uh, residential programs, outpatient programs. So anytime, day or night, folks can call us and, and get either some outpatient help or residential treatment. So the two ministries joined together and uh, and came up with, with, with Honey Lake Clinic, uh, which, as you stated before, is the only licensed Christian behavioral health a residential treatment center in the United States. So we are a JCO accredited, ACA licensed, DCF licensed. We're a hospital, 24-7 nursing, 24-7 medical doctors, 24-7 psychiatry. We have our own pharmacy uh, on campus. So we're a hospital in every sense of the world. We, we can take the most acute patients. Uh, for example, last night we had a family come home uh, to find their 19-year-old daughter uh, dead on the living room floor with an empty, empty bottle of pills. You know, by, by God's miraculous grace, they were able to get her to a hospital. She was resuscitated this morning at, at 4 a.m., so angry that she was still alive, uh, mm-hmm. destroyed the ICU, and we'll bring her in this afternoon at 3, a, at 3 p.m. So we were, were able to take that type of acute patient. But I would say most of our patients are more the mid-range, just really struggling with hopelessness and despair. Uh, you know, uh, fear is the faith of the enemy, and when we begin to make decisions, based on fear instead of faith in God's word and God's truth and derive the blessing from that, then it manifests itself in our lives in negative ways. Uh, for instance, isolation. Uh, we're just not built for isolation. We are designed for relationship and most importantly, the essence of relationship, which is the ability to give and receive authentic love. And if we don't get that on a daily or regular basis, then we begin to exhibit those symptoms of despair and hopelessness, depression, anxiety, they can eventually flow into more critical and acute diagnoses like uh, bipolar, uh, borderline, even schizoaffective and schizophrenia. So, again, we come at things from a, a biblical Christian worldview, but in this beautiful setting. I mean, we are a hospital, but we're on 2,800 acres with a beautiful 80-acre lake with fishing and canoeing. We have a full spa with uh, you know, massage and facials and manicure, pedicures. We have a, a gym with personal trainers. We have our own organic garden uh, where we get most of our food from. We believe in eating healthy. Um, so just a number of things. We even grow our own Wagyu beef here on campus. So it's a beautiful, restful setting. We believe the Holy Spirit has an anointing on this land uh, that people can come and just get away from life and the stressors of life and really allow the Holy Spirit to begin working and moving in their lives. Well, that sounds like an absolutely appealing and beautiful place. I mean, when you're dealing with such critical issues as uh, depression and some of these other disorders, you really need a place like that where you can get away and be treated by professionals. 
So you, as you say, are a nonprofit organization. Uh, you are also accredited. Uh, you mentioned some of those places that you, that you're accredited through. Um, so this is for all adults, correct? Exactly. At some point, we would love to start an adolescent program in another part of our campus. Uh, but right now, we work with 18-year-olds and up. We have, an, we have a number of 18-year-olds on the campus right now. We have an 84-year-old on the campus right now. Hmm. Uh, you know, the enemy, the enemy is not prejudiced against, uh, you know, whom, whom he attacks and who he targets, uh, you know, his, his spiritual army uh, to, to attack. And so, you know, we, with, with, for instance, females, we probably have three different demographics. We have the young, uh, you know, 18-year-olds, college-age, 20-somethings, you know, have grown up in Christian homes and sort of gotten to college or gotten away from the family, and the enemy has begun to attack their identity. They may have started using drugs. They may have gotten into some, you know, dysfunctional lifestyles. Uh, we also get the, you know, middle-aged ladies, you know, sort of the uh, 40 to 60-year-olds. These are women that have grown good families, and uh, the kids have now gone off to college. They're empty nesters. Their husband's still at work. They just sort of look in the mirror in the morning and said, God, you know, what am I still doing here? What is my purpose? And, you know, then, of course, we have the, you know, the ladies that are sort of in their twilight years. Maybe their husband has passed away. You know, even their grandchildren have grown up, and they just sort of feel, you know, where am I in all this, Lord? I'd, I'd almost rather you took me home right now. So working with all of those patients in all of those ages, uh, you know, 18 and up. So how many patients do you take at once? Uh, we have a census of 50 uh, at this time and a staff of 180. So it's a very, uh, you know, because of the, the expertise and the size of our staff, we're able to give our patients a very customized uh, individual experience. So, we're, you know, we're very big on pre-admission diagnostics. Uh, even before a patient arrives at Honey Lake Clinic, we do a two-hour clinical interview over the phone with a, with a Christian therapist you know, making sure that the patients are, you know, somewhere comfortable, private, where they feel safe answering some personal questions. Then also we do some personality diagnostics. That's about 30, 40 minutes on a home computer just to sort of get a range of where those patients are so that when they do get to the clinic from day one, you know, Dr. Benzio has a medical profile assigned to them. We have a primary therapist that, that meets their specific history and needs. And then, of course, have, you know, a preliminary treatment plan that probably will change. But at least that, you know, that way we're just not all looking at each other when they arrive. And what do we do now? But we're really ready uh, to start to start to work. All of our therapists are, you know, master's level, uh, Ph.D. level uh, therapists, clinicians, licensed clinicians. And so we, we do trauma here. That's what we do. Hmm. And so they are there for at least 30 days, correct? Um, 30 days is our minimum stay, uh, Chris. I will say, however, that 80% of our patients do elect to stay longer just because they really feel like they're getting the help they need. And so average length of stay ends up being about 43 days. But I think because of our holistic approach that, you know, most of these uh, patients have tried everything. You know, they've tried deliverance prayers. They've gone to the altar. You know, um, you know so many times, you know, we, we especially in the evangelical world, we we come to the altar and we pray on a on a uh, on a Sunday night, whatever it might be. And you know, if we've got cancer, if we've got some uh, you know physical disease, you know the brethren will gather around and pray for us. But 
they say, you know, tomorrow morning you need to get to the oncologist, you need to get to the cardiologist. Unfortunately, when it comes to mental health, you know, we, we do the same thing. We pray for our loved ones, but then somehow we expect them to get better on their own. And when the next week or two weeks or down the road they're not getting better, then we begin to question their faith or if there's some hidden sin in their lives. And so we begin to actually ostracize them away from the, from the care and the love that they need in order to heal. And so, you know, we, we have to come at things um, in, 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 a, in a holistic way, body, mind, and spirit. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, living in a fallen world with stress and, and uh, anxiety has a physical manifestation of the body, especially the brain. And so when our brain is flooded with adrenaline and cortisol, um, especially the cortisol will get into the synapses of the brain, which are the entryways to the millions and millions of miles of neural transmitters that uh, bring, uh, you know, chemicals, good chemistry to the brain. And so when those synapses are, are what we say clogged up, the feel-good chemistry, the oxytocins, the GABAs aren't entering into the brainstream. And so what that means practically is, you know, a person may be at what would otherwise be a, you know, a happy event, I don't know, maybe a birthday party or a uh, family reunion, and the kids are running around and everyone's having an awesome time, and that person is standing there feeling nothing, feeling flat. And they're asking themselves, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be like everyone else? Why can't I just seem to enjoy life? Is it, Am I crazy? Is there something wrong with me? And the enemy just comes in and reinforces that shame and guilt. Yep, you're the crazy one. Don't let anyone know. If, you, if they find out they're not going to want to be with you, you're going to be by yourself. And really being alone and by ourselves is our most basic fear. Hmm. Well, pastors are one uh, demographic, let's say, that can feel truly isolated because here they are leading their church and maybe they feel like they can't have friends within their church. So we see a lot of depression in pastors. We see a lot of burnout. Unfortunately, recently we've seen some suicide. So how do you help pastors and leaders through Honey Lake Clinic? Uh, you know, you're, you're so right, Chris. Um, you know, we sort of put our pastors up on a pedestal and their families. And so they have to be perfect in order to hold the positions that they do. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all sinners. Uh, we all have fallen. And until we realize truly uh, that uh, we are in a hopeless situation, we are in a helpless situation, uh, we can try to take, you know, the f- finest moment of our entire lives and, and present it to God as some sort of payment uh, for who we are or what we've done. And the Word of God describes that as, as, as filthy rags. Uh, it's never going to be enough. That's the bad news. Uh, the good news is that, uh, you know, Christ has created us from the beginning of all time with a plan and a purpose to be a part of his eternal family, to rule and to reign with him. And he, know, he knew beforehand every sin we would commit before we knew him. He knows every sin we're going to commit after we know him. He knows every sin we're going to commit until our last dying breath. And he died for every one of those on the cross of Christ. It's paid for. There's nothing we have to do. We don't come to him and ask forgiveness for his sake. Uh, We come to the cross for our sake to relieve that shame and that guilt um, so that we can be free. And when we begin to understand that, a catharsis takes place in our lives, a a transformation, when we understand that we don't follow out of, of duty or out of fear, but that we can come to our Father out of love, And his response is always the same. You know, child, I I knew this would happen, but you're just learning to crawl right now. You know, one day you'll stand up and 
eventually walk and even run and in eternity fly. But right now, let's just let's just concentrate on crawling. And when we when we understand that and realize that, and we can begin to follow His laws and His truth out of a sense of love, um, rather out of fear and duty, then it, be, it becomes a much more consistent and a more effective motivation. And so then, when we begin to follow, you know, we begin to make decisions based on that. You know, uh, you know, we get thoughts coming into our brain all the time. It's so a thought becomes a decision. A decision becomes an action. Repeated actions become our habits. Habits form our character, and character decides our destiny. But most of our patients are coming with that challenge between a nexus and a thought and a decision. They're making decisions based out of fear, which, as we said, is the, is the faith of the enemy. But when we begin to make decisions based on God's Word and His truth, then we step out of that, uh, you know, that dysfunctional cocoon that we've lived in. You know, we're, we're so afraid of stepping out of that because you know, we've, we've been disappointed so many times, we've been, you know, hurt or even stomped on so many times that we'd rather live in that present misery than, than step out and be so hurt again. So, but when we can have the faith and, and, the, and, the, and the community surrounding us to help us uh, to move forward, and we begin to make decisions based on God's Word and God's truth, you know, there's always a challenge at first because it, it takes a while for our emotions and our feelings to catch up with our right decisions. But so once we can, by faith, with loving friends and family, get through that period of time and those feelings and emotions catch up with our good decisions, then we're living the blessed life that the Word of God promises us, a life of peace and a life of joy. You know, certainly not uh, the frothy happiness that the world sort of dangles out there, but a deep inner resilience that says, you know what, I I live in a fallen world, bad things are going to happen, you know, they're probably going to happen today. But that's okay. The sovereign God of the universe is my Father. He's in control. He's making me who I'm going to be. He's making me in His image, and I'm going to get through today with His help. And we do that over a period of time, and then what happens is we get that transformation of the mind that Paul speaks about. It's not a magical wand that we wave at salvation, but it's a daily walk with Christ in His obedience that transforms our mind. So those decisions become easier, and they manifest themselves in our lives. Well, that's excellent. Could you offer our listeners a success story or two from your clinic? Well, Chris, we have so many. Um, I can remember a patient, uh, Lyle. Um, you know, his family just didn't know what to do. He was an elder gentleman and uh, said he was struggling. Well, they really weren't quite as upfront with how much he was struggling. They basically dropped him off in a stretcher here. Oh, and uh, mm-hmm. we had to, you know, even when you shone a flashlight in his eye, uh, there was no movement, mm-hmm. and so we slowly had to, through IV and through uh, nourish him and put medication, until eventually uh, he was able to open his eyes and begin to communicate. And about one week into his stay here, uh, all of a sudden the nurses coming out of the nursing station saw this guy dressed up in his suit and his suitcase walking out the door, and it was Lyle, and mm-hmm. he woken up. And so obviously we brought him back, and we had to work with him a, a few months. Uh, but he left, uh, he left a healed man. We, we jokingly call him Lazarus now, but we have so many folks, Chris, that come in and they're just, you know, uh, it affects the entire family unit, whether, you know, the spouse, whether it's the husband or the wife are despondent or whether they're struggling from different diseases, it affects the children, you know, the the sins of the fathers visit the, the, the next generations. And so whether it's, it's from nature through our genes and through our DNA and a proclivity towards depression or alcohol or whatever it might be, or whether it's nurture, you know, that we tend to, in our families, we develop a culture 
that exacerbates uh, those tendencies towards those specific uh, uh, negative impacts in our lives. But um, we come at them from all all different directions. Hmm. So, you know, oftentimes when it's all going to be trauma-related, you know, when we do experience trauma in our lives, and everyone does because we do live in a fallen world, the enemy comes in and he, he plants what we call seeds of shame. Those are the lies that he plants in our heart and our mind and our spirit that just begin to sound like a broken record over and over again. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'll never be good enough. If people really knew who I was, they would never love me. They would never want to be with me. Uh, if I'm going to get my needs met, I have to I have to do that on my own. I can't depend on anyone else. My my family, they love me, but they really just don't understand me. Or, you know, my friends, they have their own lives to live, their own agenda. Uh, even God, I'm almost too embarrassed, too ashamed to go to him right now, if he exists, if he knows who I am. And so, you know, that shame and guilt is like a mountain uh, over us. And if we can't, if we don't have the faith in our lives, the vibrant relationship with Christ to take that garbage where it belongs, which is the cross of Christ, and leave it there and say, hey, devil, you're right. I'm, I'm never going to be perfect in this lifetime. But you know what? That's not a conversation we're going to have anymore. Uh, that's a conversation that you're going to have to take up with the sovereign God of the universe. I'm his, he's my father. I'm his end of conversation. But if we don't have the faith to do that, then that shame and that guilt will just begin to seep into every aspect of our lives and affect all of our decisions. Shame and guilt can be very powerful, can't they? They affect everything we do, Chris. I mean, they're the underlying cause for... It's, it's, it's going back to the garden again. Adam, where are you? And uh, we hide our shame and our guilt and with, the, with that analogy of the fig leaf, and we run from God and we hide in the woods and we hide in the forest of our shame and guilt when all he really wants from us is, is relationship. As I said, we're... We're built for relationship. We're designed for relationship. And we are what God is in his image, and that's love. God is love. And when sin gets in between that, when rebellion gets in between that, so the enemy loves to plan shame and guilt in our lives. And so, you know, we get, we get folks that, you know, have, uh, you know, most traumas, and many traumas are in childhood. We get 30-, 40-year-old women that experience sexual abuse as children. And, you know, when a little eight-year-old girl has been abused by, let's say, a stepfather, uh, the enemy is such a liar. He's so insidious. He plants in that little girl's mind that she's responsible for it. Weren't you sitting on his lap? Weren't you wearing your pretty dress? Weren't you batting your eyelashes? Come on, you have to have to take some responsibility for that. And to an eight-year-old girl, that make, makes sense. But when we go back and revisit that as a 30-, 40-year-old adult, well, that's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. And so, again, what we have to do when we've experienced trauma, Chris, is, is bring the dynamic of forgiveness into that experience. Uh, we have to, the hardest person for most of us for, to forgive uh, is ourselves. You know, we, we're, we are, are brutal on ourselves. We'll, we'll fall over ourselves forgiving others. But when it comes to ourselves, we just can't do it. And so it's until we don't have the power to forgive ourselves. We have to ask Christ through the Holy Spirit to forgive through us. And that's why I love our team of trauma therapists. You know, this is what they do every day, and they're able to bring the Holy Spirit and love into those experiences. You know, many times as children, uh, children will intuitively hide their soul when they experience evil. And so what they do is they sort of shove those memories back into the hippocampus, the memory center of the brain, and they just sort of lurk back there waiting to be triggered. So, you know, a, a person can be in their 30s, 40s, you know, strolling through the mall, sipping on a Starbucks, and all of a sudden the presence comes into their environment 
that triggers their subconscious. They're not understanding in their conscious mind, but in their subconscious. And so they, they react instead of respond, and, and they, they act out of fear and anxiety, anger maybe. Anger is always a, a manifestation of fear. And so we have, to, we have to get back and find those memories and bring them to light and then bring forgiveness into them. And that's how we find, we find true healing. Excellent. Well, with such a professional program that you run, obviously there, there's a cost involved. How do the patients pay for this treatment? Well, because of our special licensing and our staff, uh, Chris, uh, we are able to bill insurance. We are a hospital. Um, and so, you know, with, with, as I mentioned before, all the certificates and license. So most of our patients do pay with medical insurance. We accept all PPO all uh, all out-of-network insurances. Uh, we do have a special self-pay rate uh, because we're a not-for-profit organization. We don't have to make a profit. We're probably two-thirds, at least half less than any other program out there uh, that does the same thing. And so uh, $18,000 is our uh, 30-day program. Uh, but as I said, you know, probably 80% of our patients do elect to stay longer than the 30 days just because they feel like they're getting the help they need. So if the patient does elect to stay longer, we just prorate that amount over the amount of days the family or, or the patient chooses to stay. But that covers everything. The only thing that does not cover is the uh, transportation to and from the clinic. So all the snacks, all the meals, uh, you know, all the special, you know, the massages, the horseback riding, uh, the canoeing, the fishing, uh, it's all included. Okay. Well, that sounds like it's probably reasonable for what you offer. Now, I know that you recently came from Hungary. You're expanding overseas now. Could you tell me about that? Well, it, we, we've had an opportunity. Uh, there's so many folks that can't get visas uh, to come to the United States. And so we have pastors and missionaries and, and Christians around the world. And so uh, we were given the opportunity to possibly open a program in, in Hungary. Uh, in fact, it's a beautiful place. It's a it's, uh, right on the Danube River. It's about 30 miles north of Budapest. Uh, it was, in fact, a, a champagne factory built in 1860 that when the Soviets took over became an insane asylum. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at the possibility of taking over that, uh, that beautiful piece of property and doing a Honey Lake Europe. Uh, you know, we're in the very beginning stages of that, so we're praying our way through it. But there's, there's such a massive need. We could reach into, into Eastern Europe, into Russia, into Africa, into all of Europe from that facility. So help us pray on that. We're just really, at this point, really looking for the Holy Spirit's leading on that project. Oh, what a wonderful opportunity. So if people want to learn more about Honey Lake Clinic, where can they go? I think probably, Chris, the best place to go is to our website, honeylakeclinic.com. Uh, and on there they'll find our phone numbers, depending on what their specific issue is, whether it be mental health or substance abuse or whatever it might be. And then we have telephone numbers specific to their need, and our care guides are available 24-7. Excellent. Well, Dr. Davis, we close. I wonder if you would pray for those in our audience who may be suffering from uh, some debilitating mental disorder or problem, and also for those who care for them. I, I would love to, Chris. Thank you, thank you for that opportunity. Um, Father, we, we come to you this afternoon, Lord, and, and the need is so great, Father. You know every person uh, that hears my voice. You know their specific needs. You know their specific hurts, Lord Jesus. You know those that are in hospital rooms, uh, those that are alone in their home, wherever they might be, Father, wherever 
uh, this podcast reaches. And right now, Lord Jesus, I would pray that you would send your ministering angels, you would send your Holy Spirit, you would bring comfort and peace, you would break through that trauma, you would break through that pain, you would break through that misery, Lord Jesus, and plant a seed of hope in the hearts and lives of these people, Lord. Begin a restoration work in their hearts and mind. What the enemy has meant for evil, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bring only good, you would bring your love, you would bring your hope. Do it now, Lord Jesus, we pray. Whoever is hearing my voice, Father, I pray, bring your peace and your joy. Lord, I pray right now for these people that the waters would be troubled, and it would be their turn to jump in and receive the blessed life that you promise each one of us. I just agree with my sister Chris right now in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. We've been speaking with Dr. David Hoskins, CEO of Honey Lake Clinic, based in Greenville, Florida. So thank you very much, Dr. Dave, for being with us today. And we want to certainly keep Honey Lake Clinic and your practice in our prayers. Thank you so much, Chris. We appreciate the opportunity. God bless. God bless you, too. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.